Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. I'm Luke. I'm Katie. All right. And uh, before we get into the fun stuff, which we will, because that's what this podcast is about, is fun stuff, uh, I think we'd be remiss in not acknowledging, you know, the tragedies that are going on in the country and the things that spurned it on and everything else. So obviously the death of George Floyd, the death Mm -hmm. of Breonna Taylor, um, and the continuing like culture of police brutality in the country against people of color is an ongoing issue. And you don't need to hear me tell you that because it's making, I mean, it's a blatantly obvious truth, but I just want to make sure that if you're listening to this podcast, you know that black lives matter to us. They should matter to you. And the black lives matter movement is important and getting stronger than ever and be on the right side of history. And that's, that's really all I have to say. For Um, sure. Give in whatever way you can protest. If you can, everybody's got their, outlets even if it's social media but using your voice for good is important and so it's important of me and katie to do that on here right now so that's kind of what we're doing we don't have any money right now but (laughs) we're gonna figure out a way to to use bad movie brunch and our platform to to give and make our voice heard Mm -hmm. so it's like there's no segue it's like the world sucks yeah it's a bad it's a bad place or and you know what else sucks? Daredevil. Okay, there we go. Okay, <laughs> now we've got it. Um, yeah, it, well, yeah, I disagree. Uh, no. Okay, I'm very excited to uh, talk about we our get to get We get to go back to a classic point counterpoint episode of mm-hmm. Bad Movie Brunch because we've been on we've been on the same side of a lot of movies recently. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But here we are. I got a little. You know how I go into like mini obsessions, and mm-hmm. uh, Daredevil's been my thing my my choice to my outlet to escape the past couple weeks i uh i really just started to get a bug for it and i i I threw on the the netflix show which i hadn't really watched season one since it dropped like i watched all the seasons when they came out respectively but i never Mm rewatched. um so i went back to season one of daredevil for the first time since like college and i was like oh my god this is exactly like I don't know why I was reluctant to rewatch this because like I, I put on the first episode and then the next thing I know it's like 4am when I've watched five hours of the shit. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God, this is just so good still. And that was only a few days ago. I've mowed through the first season already. Uh, 13 hours of that daredevil show. Cause it is just unbelievably satisfying. Like every aspect of it is so just like daring. And I mean, if, if you don't mind me saying so, uh, <laughs> not at and all. Fucking like, you know, just really, from the cinematography to the to the to the world building to the character depth the way they they put together this season of television is is one of the most seamless tv seasons i've ever seen but the fact that it's uh also uh, just a perfectly perfectly like respectful take on the comic and uh probably the most accurate depiction of the street level hero that you know mm-hmm. they could ever do i don't think it gets any better than that that being said their adaptations uh, that came a little earlier in an era of, you know, three doors down music and, and Mountain Dew code oh, red. Oh God, the, the that, butt rock of it all. That, like uh, just the constant butt rock. That, uh, that uh, you know, really, really, really wanted to capitalize on the popularity of, of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 1 and 2. Uh, and being that it's a Fox picture, wanted to stay in the same kind of... Uh, leather daddy aesthetic as their x-men movies that have been so (laughs) successful (laughs) and Mm -hmm. uh and in that we get a very interesting time capsule of a film uh that is uh daredevil 
And more specifically, there's been a very Snyder cut esque sort of reverence on the internet for, uh, you know, going on decades now to, uh, the director's cut of this film, because the theatrical one, according to everybody, the one that I saw like on FX on TV, like a million times as a kid, and the one that went to theaters and was very PG-13 friendly was a little chopped up and cut out some storylines and apparently didn't, uh, I think it like was more of like a romance-centric film and everything else. I don't super remember. All I know is when I sat down to watch the very long director's cut, I myself was uh, was quite satisfied with a lot of storylines I did not remember being there because they weren't there. Um mm. That that being said, Katie, I, I know that you agree with probably the majority of the of the the world when uh, you say this movie sucks ass, uh, and I and I want to I want to hear I want to hear you come come in with it like you know break it down. Okay, well let's start at the beginning. Uh, so this is an introduction to Daredevil, possibly, and it did have a sequel with Elektra, Jennifer Gardner's character, and I think that right off the bat you start weak. So if you're comparing it to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie, that movie spent a lot of time focusing on the Peter Parker origin story and really made you care about him. So you spent like a lot of time with Peter being vulnerable and like trying to find his place, then getting bitten, being bullied. Like he has a lot of cards stack against him, but he has a really solid family connection with his Uncle Ben. And with here, the... The kind of parallel would be that between, um, let's see, do do do, him um, and Jack Murdoch, his dad. Yeah, Jack Murdoch, his dad, and Jack Murdoch is an interesting character in the sense that he's like this like super macho boxer type, but he doesn't want his son to uh, to be a fighter really. Like he wants him to hit the books instead, and uh, that's all really interesting. But I feel like he dies way too quickly. I think that we could have spent more time really nurturing that father-son relationship. I think that, um, I don't, like, at some point after, okay, so the, the origin, what I do think is really interesting about Daredevil is he is, to my knowledge, a very rare disabled superhero. He's blind. Mm -hmm. And the blindness gives him enhanced other abilities, sensory abilities. And, uh... There's a part in the film when he's still, like, 10 years old, when he starts saying, from that day on, I trained my body. And there's a disconnect from the promising not to be a fighter to suddenly going that route. And this is before his father has been murdered. So I don't understand what the, the promise that they had. There was mention that they had a promise to stick up for the little guy, but it we didn't see it. We didn't see the, the two of them talking about sticking up for those less fortunate. It was a, his father's original promise that he wanted was for his son not to be a fighter. And he completely went against that. So there's right. that. His father also just gets murdered after not throwing a boxing fight. And which seems like an extreme reaction from my perspective. But also it's... W- one of the things I took away from it is that there's this big buildup of this guy Fallon this kind of mobster boss type. And then you don't really hear him mentioned until the very end of the movie because we go from him to Wilson Fisk. And th- there's just this big gap where I was wondering where that, where the hell is Fallon? Like, why isn't he going after Fallon? Like, like it just seemed like 
there should have been more of a connection between those two characters. I think it was meant to be a reveal at some point, because he's not supposed to know that Fisk is a bad guy at first. But the right, movie like the lets you know thing, that right? Fisk is a is a bad guy. Yeah. So I I felt like we lost Fallon in the mix. There should have been more with Fallon. I I didn't understand his motivation. I it it just seemed I, I I wanted more with the father-son relationship, first and foremost. And I wanted to understand why the father, like, how he got from his father being like, don't be violent, to be violent, but only to stand up for the little guy. Like, there was just a disconnect in the messaging there for me. Yeah, totally. I I urge you. It's, it's a hard thing for me to be like, Katie, I know you didn't like this two-hour-and-a-half movie, but you should go watch 13 Hours of Daredevil on Netflix. <laughs> um, but, like, I will say that since that is probably the quintessential take like the things you have complaints about are things they were able to do in retrospect like you know a decade later with the netflix show where Mm -hmm. um you know after matt gets blinded uh and his dad you know that is the origin like his dad does get taken out for not throwing a fight and shit like that um Mm -hmm. but like after matt's orphaned and blinded then something they do in the comics in the show is like stick and stick is this like uh like blind man with like heightened senses not quite to the ability of mats but like mm. trains him to fight in martial arts too and so that's how daredevil is such a hard ass and you get that origin uh and you start to like they work more with the fact that matt is a hardcore catholic and there's like this this need in him to want to fight evil by the law and the way that like and not be uh you know judge jury and executioner but there's also like this quote-unquote devil inside him that uh wants to hurt the people that are bad he wants to Mm -hmm. cause harm so they they do a really interesting job with the duality in the show and and the origins and i think uh because they have time to it and so like Mm -hmm. i feel bad comparing apples to oranges but i'm just saying if you are intrigued by this character and like stanley uh stanley another one of stanley's beautiful creations at marvel Mm -hmm. um you'll get a great a great take with the Netflix one, but it, it is a long show. Um, I'm with you. And I think that like another fatal flaw of, of this movie uh, is, is wanting to do a little too much um, because you're like, well, I, on one hand, I wonder if it's like, what if we never get to make a daredevil movie again? So we have to do all the hits. Let's do, let's do mm-hmm. Kingpin. Let's do bullseye. Let's do Electra. Let's do everything that we can do. So it's as daredevil as possible um on the on the page but then i think there's something that comes in the studio where you know like i said it the look of it becomes uh trying to match the times uh for better or worse um the soundtrack changes the game a lot but i think uh something that's done maybe to the detriment of the cut they ended up having in theater and to the detriment of the box office and uh everything else but the fact that it seemed very important to the writer director and i should probably have that offhand um, very important to the writer director to do a, a dark comic book movie. And Mark Stevens Johnson. Mark Stevens Johnson. Thank you. And I mm-hmm. love that he wrote and directed it. It's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. Because this movie, you know, for for having like the whole like they want to be Spider Man in that like when Matt gets blinded we go like all the way into his like fucking veins and inside his eyes and like when they do uh, the intro sequence it's a really long credit sequence of like different. Like it's just the way like Raimi's Spider-Man did. So they match it that way. But then we get into this movie and it's like Daredevil's like wounded in a church and there's these people that are 
fucking killing prostitutes and doing heroin and like all this crazy shit. It's like, Oh my God, no wonder I did not like this movie as a kid because I do not understand what's going on. Like as, like as Mm -hmm. a kid, I'm like, why is he so mad? Why is he like, why is everybody like, why is everything so dark? Why does it have to be about like murdering prostitutes and drugs and like all this crazy shit? Spider, like where's the green goblin? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they definitely like probably had a hard time finding their audience at that time since it is so dark do you find do you agree like am i crazy i feel like this is a really like they wanted to make this a hardcore like movie for adult comic book fans did they though because i feel like for a second there was a a glimpse of modern superhero movies so the electro subplot doesn't work for me at all but it started off kind of strong and the the thing about it, they have this, like, fun, light moment where they're sparring and they realize that they're both really good fighters and they're just making oh, great use of this playground setting. It's goofy, but it's so much fun. And I, like, the thing that I don't understand about movie, like, Ben Affleck movies is there's this constant push to make Ben Affleck all serious all the time when, like, good. we've seen enough no. back Affleck movies to know that he's very capable of being, like, goofy and fun and right. that was like a brief moment where I was like, oh yeah, like Ben Affleck could be a fun, more quote unquote modern superhero. And again, he was a superhero again in a very dark way, but they didn't let him be funny then either. And I you, felt like you, if there was sorry, just man. a little bit more of that, just a little bit more fun, I could have, there would have been a just just that much more for me to grasp onto, especially with this kind of half-baked romance subplot. That's funny because like, like, I'm like, fuck the fun like no fun <laughs> i'm like no uh the i think the the playground scene is the goofiest thing i've ever seen uh, in a superhero movie i, I loved it i thought it that's was fun funny i'm i'm so i mean we were laughing me and shep were but i i like um that stuck out to me i don't know why like i'm i'm all about like hearing affleck give a brooding uh vo monologue you know i love that shit and like I'm all about like Affleck, but at the same time you're right. When you know those Affleck, that Affleck charm, is is infectious, and he's mm-hmm. a sweetie. He's just a big sweetie. Mm-hmm. When like, no wonder he's so damn like. I mean, of course Elektra is gonna be all about Matt Murdock in just one instance because he's just a charmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I also love that Matt Murdock like is able to to work his blindness for for the ladies. That is like that doesn't go away. Every iteration you find Matt Murdock is 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 slaying slaying some tail um it's kind of his thing uh even though he's a catholic boy very you know very interesting character this matt murdoch mm-hmm. um you know i think that any fault in this movie does not fall on the casting because no. the casting to me is prophetic like mm-hmm. god tier casting i think affleck playing uh matt murdoch like the only real issue of like issues you want to call out about it isn't his fault like his costume like i said is a little eh. and uh you don't really get a good look at the costume either which was probably for the best but um because right. i i imagine it would probably been a lot for the time they, they definitely shroud him in a lot of shadows they do and i and i think it's like so sometimes i see the angles and it's like Oh, are they doing like the ninja like ties in the back of it? Like the con- like kind of like an homage. Like, That's sweet. But then I'm like, oh wait, is that just a tall collar? I don't know. 
Um, and like, I like the sort of cowl and I like the horns and the eyes, but I just, I think if it were just a material that wasn't leather, everybody just wanted to be the matrix really bad then too. Like really (laughs) bad. That's why the X-Men were in black leather and not their costumes in the first place. They're like, Ooh, the matrix is popular. Let's make him look this way. Um, and that's why Raimi was so damn cool for being like, how about I just make him look like Spider-Man? And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Um, so it's not like it doesn't look like the comic book suit. I think that, like, they leaned into that. But the unfortunate thing is sometimes that doesn't work. Like, Bullseye's head looks stupid. <laughs> you know, put him in oh, the costume. Oh, God. But God bless. Again, right. Colin Farrell, right? Yeah. He and just, like, he just again, keeps rubbing the bullseye. And, dude, at some point, speaking of costumes, he, he's like, uh, on one condition, I get a costume. And he's wearing a ridiculous outfit already. And then when you see him again, he's wearing the same ridiculous outfit. So right. why did they keep that in? I have no Maybe idea. Maybe it's like a sequel setup because comic book fans like his like bullseye-themed costume. I have no, I have no clue. But also, I will say, he like, does have a Matrix-ass jacket. Uh, yeah, for sure. But it's like, there mm-hmm. you go again. It's like the casting athletic is an excellent choice. Um, mm-hmm. I think that uh, Michael Clark Duncan as as Kingpin is mm-hmm. unbelievably good casting. Like, you'll probably have, like, if the internet was what it is today, you'll have that section of the world that would have, like, fuck this movie. I can't believe they made my Kingpin black. And it's like, okay. But, like, <laughs> this dude is terrifying and he's huge and not only huge mm-hmm. he's jacked you know what i mean he's got that yeah. deep voice like it like uh vincent d'onofrio's kingpin is also perfect and i'll go on to say liev schreiber's uh voicing kingpin in spider-man to the spider-verse is also perfect you got three excellent takes but in this one we're focusing on specifically i just i want to shake the hand of whoever that choice was especially so early in the aughts uh to make the call to be like Michael Clark Duncan and I don't, that, I'm sure like coming off the heat of like Green Mile and stuff by the way I'm like mm-hmm. R.I.P. Michael Clark Duncan what a fucking talent yeah. but like that is just he's in the comics he's so he's supposed to be so larger than life like massive you know mm-hmm. and who better and you have Affleck here who's already a pretty stout like 6'6 or some shit um, mm-hmm. so like who better to, to, to match against your hero than like somebody that big and scary when he takes the jacket off and he's waiting in that like in that third act scene I'm loving mm-hmm. that shit. Like, and I know we've gotten far away from it and it's underdeveloped and this movie's half baked, but like you got me and you got me watching daredevil and fucking Michael Clark, Duncan Kingpin fighting in this cool glass room with the, with the New York city skyline behind him. That's comics, baby. I'm in. <laughs> I think it's also a great choice for Mar- Michael Clark Duncan because he, he has warmth in his face. Like he, he doesn't give off a villainous vibe. So it is more, uh, disarming when you do see him fighting and kind of scarier because he kind of exudes more of this kind of like sweeter quality that I wouldn't expect from a character like Kingpin. For sure. For sure. And I wish that swagger, like that swagger is something that like totally works for him. Whereas Mm -hmm. like Vincent D'Onofrio's take, which, which again is unbelievably, it's just perfection as well, but it's more like socially uh, awkward, sort of like serial killery, um man child like tendencies like it's it's very like um it's very distinct and not at all the the vibe we're getting from Michael Clark Duncan like their uniform in that they're both playing this big scary powerful character um a very worthy adversary but at the same time like yeah Michael Clark Duncan's got that sweetness that smile that swagger he's somebody i would legit i could see myself 
wanting to work for the Michael Clark Duncan kingpin, I'd be terrified to work for the Vincent Tanafrio kingpin. So just mm-hmm. saying. Um, and then, you know, like we said, Colin Farrell, I, I'll watch Colin Farrell read the phone book. I love him. And, I do uh, like in this movie that they just let him have an Irish accent and Bullseye is just Irish. Like, why, no, not? why not? Just let him work with what he has. <laughs> And then Favreau, the one of the one of the forefathers of the Avengers universe, is mm-hmm. here like you know banging the drum for Marvel Comics, even as Foggy Nelson. So like mm-hmm. like I just think it's just a very reverent movie in a lot of ways to uh, the source material, and I I'm willing to blame, uh, I'm willing to put uh, blame on the studio, but more than anything, I'm willing to to turn a, a blind eye. Forgive me. Uh, to, to any like glaring like issues or inconsistencies in this movie because it's kind of the same way I felt about when we looked at Amazing Spider-Man where I've already had amazing, perfect, quintessential takes and now he's home where he belongs with Marvel where mm-hmm. now that I've already seen a perfect Daredevil take, I'm fine to really enjoy this for what it is and thank God for that. Mm-hmm. For, for me, it's so woefully 2000s, early 2000s. Like, it's, it feels so much like a, uh, like a post-9-11 movie in the sense that, like, everything is dark and dank and very serious. Dank. And it's so violent. Like, and people are just thrown, ar- they're thrown around like dolls. Like, there's no weight to these characters. They just, like, get thrown up against places and it's, it's all willy-nilly. Shit again. <laughs> I guess. Because but it's like, it's, they're not like, they're like, they're, they act like, they're like, well, nobody's super powered. But at the same time, like, every character can jump 30 feet in the air. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. And I it's, will give it's, you that. It's interesting to contrast with more modern takes. Because, like, when you see, like, the classic superhero, like, going to the ground. And the camera shakes a little. And then you pan up. And then it's it's clear that there's a weight. Like, they just landed. And it's powerful. And you don't get that sense from a lot of the fight choreography in this film. Dude, the fight choreography in the Netflix show, sorry, I have to go back to it. It's fucking okay. unreal. It's unreal. <laughs> it's bet. unreal. It's unreal. It's unreal. So, like, they have him, like, sometimes he's just up and he's just fucking punching like a boxer. And, like, every, mm-hmm. like they, you visually see Matt and, like, the people get, like, winded during fights and shit. And, like, then all of a sudden he's, like, head kicking and, like, I mean... You'll freak. Like, there's just one hallway scene, and everybody talks about it, but there's the season one hallway scene where we just keep the camera, and fucking Matt's just smashing in and out of rooms, and, like, it's just one take. Like, mm-hmm. it's, 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 I'm not even a fighty, fighty action, like, dude. That's why, like, if you make it a comic book movie, that's about the only time I'm watching an action thing. But mm-hmm. I think everybody can agree on this one, and have agreed, like, five years ago, that, ugh, it would blow your mind. Ugh, it would blow your mind. But... <laughs> Yeah, this choreography it annoyed me because um, I, I didn't I didn't get like even in even in Raimi's Spider Man like when Goblin and Spider are fighting like it is stilted but people aren't like Spider Man can jump thirty feet in the air it's because he's Spider Man mm-hmm. um, but nobody really had a lock on powers and they were kind of loosey goosey with source material because we're in the same era as like Eric Bana's Hulk where he's like jumping over states and shit mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so, uh, and you know, even Raimi's Spider-Man, like he was like a mutant, like, like he didn't, he wasn't going to have web blasters. He was like shooting webs. So I think everybody's like, well, people don't know who Daredevil is. So we'll use that and try to make as actiony of a blockbuster as we can. I don't know, man. And people are still doing that today. 
Like we're still doing that with comic book movies today. So it's not like they're, um, they're not, they're alone in that. I think it makes total sense for them to make that call. Like Fox had a stranglehold on a lot of really, really integral Marvel characters. And, um, you know, had they, had they not like, say what you will about this movie, but had they not made movies like this and, and ghost Rider and those fantastic four movies, all three of them, maybe Marvel would never like have gotten the rights to it. And now Marvel bought Fox. So it's a moot point. But, um, if those movies don't tank and they, they do a bad job using those characters, uh, Marvel contractually gets them back. And then we get takes that are quintessential, like Netflix, daredevil, Spider-Man homecoming and far from home. In my opinion is quintessential, um, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So for better or worse, this movie and other movies of the like gave way to, um, better takes of the characters. So I think it's important to, to have that in mind and it helps me enjoy it more watching it. Like I'm not sitting there thinking, um, Oh my God, I hated this when I was 11. Now I'm like, I appreciate this when I'm 27. So I'm thrilled with that. Yeah. I, I did see this in theaters when, uh, when it was out back when I was like 10 years old, this must but have I, been a tough theater watch, man. I can't imagine seeing this in theaters at that age. I would have been like tripped. I, I honestly couldn't remember a single thing about this movie. Uh, I except you know that's wrong. I remembered Hell's Kitchen somehow. I remember yeah. that it was called Hell's Kitchen. I remember that he was very Catholic, and I remember that he was blind, and that was it. I had no other memory of any like points in this movie, any plot bits. I honestly didn't even remember Colin Farrell, which is very interesting now. Um, but yeah, I, it just really didn't stick with me. And upon rewatch, I, I just think that I, it, it gives me enough that I want more. Like, I do want more of the Matt Murdock origin story. Like, that would have appealed to me more. But it was too much in the sense that I, like, it, it felt so cluttered and I, overwhelming at times. And I couldn't always follow where the plot threads were hooking up. And I don't know if that's just because I don't know the comics or um, no, what no, have I don't think you. that's why. No, yeah. I, I don't think that's why. I think that it's just like a pretty incoherent film. <laughs> like if we're just mm-hmm. you know as, as film as film kids here, yeah, it's a pretty incoherent movie. Um, I think you appreciate it a lot more uh, with if you know because like the characters they use in this movie, they do pull straight from comics. Like, you know, you got mm-hmm. Wilson Fisk and Wesley. Those characters are right in the Netflix show too. So you can draw those lines, Matt and foggy right from the comics, right in the Netflix show, their secretary, Karen. Also, they do that in the Netflix show. Like it's crazy. Like both things did, did snatch him right off the page. It's just a matter of how you use them. And in this version, mm-hmm. they wanted to do like daredevil as like a Spider-Man, like mutant. Who's kind of like the matrix who also has like a Batman esque like cave with all his different same exact daredevil suits, and it, that just doesn't really suit the character. Um, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to 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 do that because then everything has to be dialed to eleven. Whereas if you've got a character that is just like like you know in the Frank Miller uh, take and uh, later on in the comics and stuff where he's just wearing a black suit like a black sweatsuit basically over his eyes and stuff for uh, a long long ass time before he even gets in the costume. And they do that in the Netflix show. Like we don't even he doesn't even get put in a costume until the third act of the last episode of the first season 
Like mm. he's wearing just black. Like uh, he's just the, the man in the black mask, the devil in hell's kitchen. Like nobody, he doesn't even call daredevil to the last episode. So like mm-hmm. they go very street level and it's like, they acknowledge like this exists in the Avengers universe and Captain America and Thor uh, are here, but like we're in hell's kitchen and this is, this is street level drug crime and like fighty fighty stuff that uh, one man can make a difference in. And you know, they continue to do a decent job. Uh, with Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and all that stuff, but they are super powered. Matt's not. So you just watch a dude get beat to shit um, and, like, fight crime all day long and then go get beat to shit physically every single night uh, till he's mm-hmm. on death's doorstep. It's just great. Um, and I just, I think that's just a strong character, and that's the sign of, like, Marvel creating uh, characters that will continue to give long after I'm dead. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, these are characters that have proved time and again uh that they are gonna stand the test of time i mean daredevil's been around probably since the 60s i want to say so i i I, I, I don't even oh yeah like i mean stan lee co-created this with like i mean some of the greats let me look it up real fast um daredevil and then like you know it had frank miller came on the book uh in the late late 60s um or maybe late 70s uh, before he was Frank Miller, you know, like he like got into Marvel and started taking like little, uh, he got, he got on as like a penciler, like spot jobs on some daredevil. And then eventually they're like, Oh, he's pretty good. You can write and draw too. So then Frank Miller got to start writing drawing. So like long before we get dark Knight returns and Batman year one, and like some people consider the, the best, some of the best written, you know, stories, uh, in the history of literature, but certainly, uh, one of the best Batman stories. That's all from like a guy cutting his teeth uh, at, over at Marvel with Daredevil and taking this character into a, like reinventing all the characters and really giving it um, what we know today. Like if you like uh, anything from the characters and like sort of like the basis and the feel of the Netflix show, especially, but also some of the characters and things they do in this movie, it, it's due in large part, of course, to Stan and Marvel and everything, but Frank Miller, absolutely. Sorry, that's my soapbox. <laughs> it's all good. Um, uh, I, I'm I'm trying to see what year Daredevil's out. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, nineteen yeah, sixty-four. Yeah, sixty-four. So like, mm-hmm. that's right. So Stanley, Bill Everett, Jack Kirby. That's right around the time they create Spider-Man too. So yeah. like, this character's been around for a second. It's not going anywhere. And I also just read it's timely because um, Marvel, uh has back the rights to uh, Daredevil once more. They have the rights to him, but they ha- didn't have TV rights anymore because they did the Netflix deal with Daredevil and uh, all that mm-hmm. shit. So since now Daredevil is done, Defenders is done, and we have our own Disney. Well, I say we. Like, I just love them so much. I want to be a part of them. <laughs> Disney has their streaming service. Uh, they're they're ready, back and ready and able to use those characters once more. So now the big question is, where do we see them going forward? I have heard rumblings of like, what if, you know, Peter Parker, Peter Parker got outed as Spider-Man at the end of Far From Home? What if Matt Murdock is his lawyer? And, like, mm-hmm. uh, how are we going to work those characters back in? Because it would be a goddamn shame to sacrifice Charlie Cox as Daredevil. Uh, and a lot of, I mean, a lot of the other characters are fantastic, too. But, like, especially Charlie Cox as Daredevil is fuck. Like, I, if, that, if he gets recast, it would just break my heart, man. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to see him... He's earned the right to to chop it up with with the people on the big screen, and if if um, Disney Plus is use if if Tom Hiddleston's doing a Loki show, 
and we've got a Vision and Scarlet Witch show, and we've got a Anthony Mackie and fucking Sebastian Stan show. Um, let's bring Daredevil to Disney Plus and do it all over again. I don't care. I just want to see more of it. <laughs> yeah, that could be really fun. Definitely uh, new opportunities for sure. Um, one thing that we have yet to talk about is a, there's a cameo in this film. Oh, good, 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 good. <laughs> um, yes, there is a cameo from from uh, one of our favorite filmmakers. Correct. Correct. Mr. Kevin Smith himself. He plays Mr. a Kevin corner. Smith. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And not only that, man, he like, he gets to chew up that scene a little, doesn't he? Like, oh, yeah. Uh, he really crushes that. He's having a good time in that scene. Um, yeah, I, Ke- Kevin, the Kevin Smith cameo is interesting in this for a number of reasons. Uh, a, because around this time period, Kevin had just written some Daredevil for Marvel. Um, mm-hmm. He had just written Guardian Devil. I worked with Joe Casada. Um so that's one. Another interesting uh, tidbit about it is I remember watching an evening with Kevin Smith, that first DVD, and he talks about um, putting Affleck's name out there as Matt Murdock. He like he heard that they were making a Daredevil movie, and since he, Affleck was his go-to, as we well know, for a big string of films, um, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, you put red hair on, on Ben Affleck, he's a perfect Matt Murdock, you know what I mean? And that's, mm-hmm. and, and there we were, and he was. So that's uh, that's kind of like, there's a lot of layers to that. And, and something I appreciated about them in this movie when we talk about reverence for characters is they went out of their way, like they didn't just name a character a random name. They're like, we have Casada, which is like Joe Casada, editor-in-chief at Marvel uh, at mm-hmm. the time. Uh, Stan Lee, they have a character named Lee, and we get the Stan Lee cameo. Uh, mm-hmm. Jack Murdoch's uh, fight on the marquee is against John Romita. John Romita mm-hmm. Sr. and John Romita Jr. are some of like the fucking Marvel artists, uh, you know, best of all time. Um, uh, what else do I have? Oh, and they also had Miller. They mentioned Miller as like a random like case name. That's obviously an homage to Frank Miller as well. Um, so they definitely were th- throwing a lot of love to the to the forefathers and the writers of this character, and I, I really did appreciate that as well. So again, it's like little things like that uh, for me are, are are things to help me look around bad shit. I know that's not the way it is for the general movie-going audience, but if you haven't figured it out by this episode of Bad Movie Brunch, I am a film apologist for the most part, <laughs> especially when it comes to comic book movies. Mm-hmm. And you know a lot of the deep lore of them, too, which is pretty fun. Because I, I don't know anything about this stuff. So it's always fun to talk to you fun. about it. Yeah. yeah, it makes it more fun. It's like, it's like I'll watch a two-and-a-half-hour two Easter egg. I don't care if it's a little boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I just, you know, I, I'm also really into these comics right now. I, I, I got the bug, and I bought some of uh, Frank Miller's, like, initial work on the book. And I want to see where he took the character and, and really kind of it's it, to me it's studying like I, I i wouldn't want to go back to school ever and do like boring homework for grades but i really enjoy mm-hmm. like going and reading like uh st- old stories that inform the, the the movies that are making billions of dollars i mean you don't get keaton's batman uh and especially uh well i say especially you don't get keaton's batman you don't get the nolan films and then you especially do not get batman v superman uh, mm-hmm. uh without frank miller's dark knight returns uh, Frank Miller's Batman Year One, uh, stuff like that. So the same on that same token, you don't get this movie and the Netflix show without Frank Miller's Daredevil. So I'm having a good time digging into. It's like it's like the Bible for Marvel characters, you know? Yeah, getting real entrenched in it. And at some point, I guess there was going to be a Daredevil sequel, and uh, 
Ben Affleck uh, had stated that he would only return to the lead role if Fox would renegotiate to tell darker stories of Daredevil. So I'm wrong. Ben. Uh, <laughs> I guess it wasn't. I wonder what the what the sequel script must have looked like if like because I felt like this movie was really dark, and if the sequel like wasn't in the same vein, if Ben Affleck was like make it darker, and then um, yeah. there's also a quote here where he says that he like in 2006 he was kind of done with playing superheroes. He said, by playing a superhero in Daredevil, I have inoculated myself from ever playing another superhero. Wearing a costume was a source of humiliation for me and something I wouldn't want to do again. And, of course, we live in the future. And oh, we yeah. know that he, yeah, went to go be the, the, I would say, one of the darkest superheroes of all. Yeah, that's, that's for true. And I, mm-hmm. I like that, uh, I mean, they're definitely, Daredevil and Batman mirror each other in a lot of ways. Um as I've kind of already talked with the having some uh, in common with Frank Miller and stuff too. Uh, and the fact that Affleck has played them both is super cool. And I remember people pulling that quote uh, when he got cast for BVS because yeah, he was pretty loud about the fact that he fucking hated wearing that costume. Cause a, yeah, he said it was embarrassing, but I thought I also heard that he said it was a pain in the ass to go to the bathroom too. And I like, bet. Yeah. I wouldn't want to put just, that on. It's so no, much man. leather. That leathery boy. And, you know, and it's like you'd think that that trend has gone away, and maybe it has in the movies, but if you watch those CW shows, it is only leather, baby. It is only <laughs> leather. Uh, like, like for the most part, like, the, I mean, the Arrow costume is leathery as hell. The Flash costume is leathery as hell. Pretty much every, I mean, oh, my God. So leather hasn't died. It just went to TV, folks. It just went to the CW. And, uh, Good. I'm, I'm glad it I'm went somewhere. I'm still all about it. If you if you need your red leather fix, you can watch you can watch fucking seven seasons and counting of the Flash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know that's about all I gotta say about the Devil of Hell's Kitchen, the the horned masked vigilante of Hell's Kitchen. Uh, how how do you how do you feel, Katie? You're gonna go watch this again tomorrow. You wanna go watch Electra? I never want to watch this ever again, and I never saw Electra, but this certainly didn't make Electra me want to watch Electra. No, um, and it's like I would have gone for a Daredevil too, though. But again, yeah, like mm-hmm. you said, I can't imagine what have, would have been darker because this movie was pretty damn dark. But whatever. There's a couple of things I want to mention before we depart. Of course. One of the things that I thought were super goofy. One is that there are two Evanescence songs in this film. Oh, two. Yes, thank you. For and they're this. Thank very. You for this. They're very close to each other. And the other aspect of that is during one of the Evanescence songs, there's a male rapper on one of them because that's what we did back then. And he says, all this time, I wish I I didn't know I couldn't see. And then you see Affleck's Daredevil without his glasses on so you can see clearly that he's blind. And it's one of the worst cuts I've ever seen in my entire life. It made me so upset and it was so cheesy. And the other thing... Oh, I know. Where the you, wait, other thing, I, think I know where you're going. No, I, I don't think you do. Uh, it's okay. the very end of the movie, oh, and know. it's the reporter, and he uh, is about to. He has two keys that are right next to each other, which are print and, and delete, which are two very dangerous keys to have next to each other. And uh, he, instead of printing the story to reveal that Matt Murdock is Daredevil, he presses delete. And usually in a movie, what that would mean is, do you want to save? No. And then the whole thing just goes away. But this Insano just presses delete. He holds it down so that you see the entire thing get deleted, which 
goes on for way too long. And yeah, why, long. why, why would you do that? It, it is very unclear why he decides to not uh, give up Matt Murdock as Daredevil. Um, and maybe for the last time, I'm so sorry to say this to you one more time, but I have to since we're talking about this character. Um, totally if you want to see the an amazing Ben Urich, you should watch the mm-hmm. Netflix series Daredevil. Because uh, <laughs> that character is one of, holds a very special pl- uh, uh, place in that, I've been removed to tears because of Ben uh, Urich on Netflix and I don't cry at movies a lot or shows. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, they do a good job with him. If, if, if you don't like Ben Urich uh, and his weird hat in, um, in uh, the Affleck movie, you'll really like him in um, the Netflix show. And Ben Urich is like totally a Spider-Man character that like Miller snatched and, uh, made a big time daredevil character just like kingpin was a spider-man character that got snatched and became a daredevil staple it's like they were really like you know they they really as much as you know for a lot of reasons they go kind of hand in hand Mm-hmm. they're the two sides of new york the light and the dark oh for sure <laughs> queens and hell's kitchen i guess it's yeah like, well in one area you get pumpkin bombs and hobgoblins and the other area there's fucking hookers that are dead katie <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Spider-Man's like, well, I don't oh, really go God. over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to stay nah, over here. But, you know, they have a good dumb time uh, in the comics, though. I've read some Spider-Man and Daredevil from, like, the 60s and 70s, and they're like, ha! It's, like, still, it's still, like, you can't change how goofy some of them are. It's a delight. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. You know, I you, think, I think, oh, go ahead. You thought I was going to point out something about the two Evanescent songs? What What was your line of thinking? Oh, my, well, two things I, I thought that my, I'm glad you brought up the Evanescence thing because I thought the, I thought the, the training fighting rainy montage to, oh, um, yeah, God. Uh, to wake me up inside. Like if you don't just like want to like flip tables to that and just punch a hole in the wall, like who are you? Like I had a great time. <laughs> I was like fucking freaking out. That's the most, if I were to take one scene to encapsulate what it felt like to be alive in the early 2000s it would probably oh, be it is, it is woefully 2000s so i'm i'm into it i i like that time in my life <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but you know i think a good way to close um that'll loop us back to the beginning is there's a scene in this movie where bullseye's on a plane and getting his ear talked off by a very racist old woman um yeah, yeah. who's using slur on top of slur uh and he knocks a peanut right uh, an airplane peanut right into her throat and she chokes to death so i'm just mm-hmm. saying maybe think about the way you talk and think and say uh, uh the way you think about people and the way you talk about people in this world otherwise you might get choked by bullseye very true very true and on that note uh i think that the official stance um from our discussion would be you could watch the daredevil movie but if you're really going to engage in daredevil might as well watch the Netflix series. Is that I'd correct? go Netflix series first. I I would mm-hmm. say that if you're gonna if you're like ooh I got I'm hungry for some Daredevil this probably isn't where you start. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the 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 easiest access point for anybody is uh, Netflix because not only does everybody already have it, but goddamn that first season is is stellar. Uh, so you could not be a fan of the character. I mean, I wouldn't consider myself a hardcore fan of the character until that show happened, and it really made me pretty obsessed. And then you'll probably start to enjoy uh, 
other aspects and you'll be able to watch daredevil uh from the early 2000s and enjoy it as a take like i do with so many films (laughs) um so yeah totally i'd say start netflix nice all right i still enjoyed my watch (laughs) Mm -hmm. but with all that being said i've been luke taylor i've been katie grotzinger and you have a good one folks (laughs) 